0: From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, May 10th. The Navajo Nation Police Department wants to triple its number of officers in the next five years. That's meant to help communities like those in southern Utah, where residents report high crime and few resources. Justin Higginbottom speaks with officers from the Navajo Nation and Utah about challenges and solutions to policing in this rural area of our state.
1: Lieutenant Rory at City worked in the Navajo Nation Police's Shiprock District 15 years ago. Back then, there were around 40 officers covering the northern section of the reservation. Now, the district has about a third that number, even if the area covered remains the same.
2: So, as manpower sits in Shiprock, um, there was actually 14 officers for the district that were available to respond to calls of services. So now you divide that up by four shifts, you're looking at one sergeant, three to four officers for a 10 hour period.
1: Shiprock is the reservation's largest district. It covers towns and communities in southern Utah like Aneth, Montezuma Creek and Red Mesa. Recently, officers had to leave their building due to hazardous conditions like airborne mold. Now they're operating out of an old post office waiting for a new facility. They don't have a jail, so those arrested must be sent to another district. All this puts more pressure on the few available police.
2: If an officer does make an arrest out in Aneth, Utah, for say, it's an hour and a half drive from Shiprock out to Aneth, maybe another 40 minutes to take care of the call,
1: execute the arrest. Then the officer needs drive to drive back to Shiprock, again, perform a medical clearance, drive the detainees to, to Crown point, point or, Chinle, point or point Chinle or, or Kienta where they have a jail, come back to, another, to Shiprock.
2: An officer can spend an entire eight hour shift just executing arrests on one person. So
1: That also leads to less time for proactive police work, patrols, traffic stops, engaging with the community. It's not only Shiprock, the Navajo Nation as a whole needs to hire and train more officers, which is Lieutenant Donnie Key's job. He's a training commander for the Navajo Nation's Academy.
3: So currently, I think we're sitting right around 183 police officers, I believe, and, and what we've kind of known for a while, is that um, Navajo police currently is uh, is understaffed for the requirements of, of really what we need to be able to do in order to provide effective law enforcement services on the Navajo Nation.
1: A consultant put the optimal number at 700 officers. That's more than three times what the reservation currently has. Key has a short-term goal.
3: And so the goal is 500 officers in five years.
1: Utah's San Juan County Sheriff Jason Torgerson says it's needed. Just this morning, he has deputies helping the FBI with a search warrant related to a homicide case on the reservation.
2: So the crime there is, it's pretty high and it doesn't get much publicity. You know, like, no one knows that there was a homicide where, you know, the Gabby Petito case. I mean, it's all over the media and the news and there's stuff down there that, you know, never hits. The media never gets any attention.
1: Although his deputies are lending a hand today, they aren't always able. There's jurisdiction issues. His police can't enforce laws on the reservation if the crime involves only tribal members. He says around 10 years ago, all officers in San Juan County were cross-commissioned. That means they could operate on the Navajo Nation if needed. Now, no one is. He says a big reason for that is he's dealing with his own shortage. San Juan is the largest county in Utah.
2: We have uh, one deputy on AM and PM on the south, and that's pretty much from, you know, south of Monticello to Arizona, and then Lake Powell to Colorado.
1: Cross-commissioning requires training in Navajo Nation law. Most recently, San Juan officers could travel to Farmington, New Mexico for the courses, but right now, Torgerson says he just doesn't have deputies to spare.
2: So it's hard for one deputy to cover all that and then also help the reservation, you know, with their needs and, you know, leave other people
1: unprotected. So
2: it's been a challenge.
1: Lately, the sheriff's department here has been losing officers to neighboring counties and state agencies.
2: It's really been an issue here. We're um, probably one of the lowest paid in the area. And so, you know, we, we had deputies living up in Spanish, Spanish Valley for a period of time. We even tried to pay housing allowance, but they, they live up there and then Grand or Moab pays quite a bit more money. And so they're like, well, I live here. I might as well go work for them.
1: And there's another issue keeping San Juan police from wanting to head into the reservation deputy immunity. Utah police don't have certain protections on the Navajo nation that they have in Utah.
2: If we went down there and then heaven forbid there was a, you know, critical incident where someone was shot, you know, there's liability with that.
1: At least for now, it's unlikely that Utah will help fill the gap in policing on the northern edges of the reservation.
4: Direct all of my efforts efforts. to serve serve. in the best best interests. of the, of the Navajo Police Department and the people, and the people. Of, the of the Navajo Nation.
1: That's from a video of class 56 graduating from the Navajo Nation Police Academy. Ten new officers are standing outside in Window Rock, Arizona. They're actually in front of that landmark. You can see the sky through a hole in the sandstone.
4: Congratulations,
1: but getting recruits to this point has its own unique challenges on the Navajo Nation. Here's Key again.
3: There is no shortage of uh, applicants. We've got uh, a lot of applicants that apply with us. The, uh, the problem is getting them through the vetting process in order to fill those positions through a, a pretty uh, rigorous uh, background investigation.
1: Minor crimes like excessive traffic offenses or drug use disqualifies an applicant. So Key has an idea.
3: We are contemplating dropping the hiring age to age 18 and recruiting uh, new officers directly out of high school and then uh, engaging them into a program in which they would act as a secondary officer, riding with a seasoned officer for a period of two to three years before they're able to go out and police on their own.
1: Around the nation, typically the hiring age for police is 21.
3: We find that a lot of applicants get into trouble experiencing life from the age 18 to 21.
1: The idea is it will grab recruits before they have a chance to build their record.
3: We're hoping that engaging them early as they leave high school, hopefully we can capture them just like the military does and and provide them some direction and guidance to help uh, develop them as as individuals into uh, mature police officers is really what we're hoping for.
1: Key says the reservation is also looking at hiring more officers from border towns and hiring more non-Navajo. It's going to be a challenge, but he says it's what the community wants.
3: It's a bit cliche, but I mean, we're doing the best that we can with what we've got. We've got efforts to make it better.
1: Key says only around half of recruits make it through the academy, but he's taking one problem at a time. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News.
0: Federal officials ordered limits last week on how much water is released by Glen Canyon Dam in order to maintain sufficient levels to generate hydropower. But conservationists warn time is running out to develop long-term solutions to the West's dwindling water supplies. Mark Richardson with our partners at the Public News Service reports.
5: The Bureau of Reclamation is cutting its release from Lake Powell into the Colorado River by a half million acre-feet over the next year. The move is aimed at keeping the water level above 3,400 feet, the minimum needed to drive Glen Canyon Dam's hydropower turbines. Taylor Hawes with the Nature Conservancy says while the move buys some time, stakeholders need to develop long-term solutions to dwindling water flows.
4: These announcements are just continuing to show how dire the situation is, and the longer we wait, the less options we have. There really is a sense of urgency to not waste the nine to ten months that we've just bought ourselves and to continue finding solutions and implementing them quickly.
5: Hawes says decades of high temperatures, low runoff, and depleted reservoirs have had a profound effect on the water and power customers in the West who rely on resources from the Colorado River Basin. Hydropower generated by Glen Canyon Dam serves customers in Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, Wyoming, and Nebraska, as well as the Navajo Nation. Haas says cutting the flow from Lake Powell means less water in Lake Mead, primary supply for millions of customers in Arizona, California, Nevada, and parts of Mexico.
4: It will mean less water going down to Lake Mead, which will be impacting Lake Mead and the lower basin state to some degree. The goal of these operational rules, though, is that it will be what they call operationally neutral. Ultimately, there's less water in the system.
5: Hawes says as long as the annual snowpack in the Rocky Mountains remains below historic levels, water supply will continue to drop.
4: Everyone has to tighten their belt, but at the same time, we have to look out into the future and make sure this system is sustainable. So we have to find that long-term solution that allow all water users and everyone who depends on this river system to adapt to less water.
5: Mark Richardson reporting.
0: And that's
4: the KZMU
0: News for Tuesday, May 10th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and seven.